Hey everybody, I'm back, and seems I'm gonna try to get this going over the bang. I've got another anonymous story that we can all listen to and enjoy. Now, this anonymous listener preferred to go by the name of Ruby. She's pretty good at writing, and I, I liked how the story was. And it's nice to get some more black erotica going on here. And um, I figure why not show some. But in this case, the way this story was written, I really didn't think I'd be able to give it true justice. Um, I really want to have a black woman's perspective on this. So I got someone I knew for a pretty long time. It's pretty close by. Um, Danny Carr, who is pretty much someone who does her own writing. And a little bit of Black Erotica herself. So I figure who else than to let her get in on the fun. So, anyway, I hope you all uh, able to sit down in a seat, relax, and listen to the story of Don't Move. <laughs> you won't regret it. Patiently, kneeling on a pillow, is downy feathers my only protection from the polished walnut floors. Bare, save for the collar I bear, pale pink and black scalloped lace panties, and a single long strand of pearls around my neck, swaying gently between my breasts with the cadence of my breath, I wait for him. He ignores me walks right by without giving me a glance. I hate being ignored. I need his attention. He doesn't give it to me, pays me no mind. I start to quietly see. The longer I am ignored, the more I need him to attune to me. I hear him in my kitchen, refreshing his glass of compass box hedonism. I am quiet and I wait. I watch him walk back into the salon, glass with scotch in one hand and sweet Caroline in the other. He swings sweet Caroline back and forth, loosely holding her by her leather handle. I wait. Not yet. His voice competes with the only other noise in the room, the muted, steady hum of the vibrator nestled inside me that I've been wearing for about an hour. At least, I think it's been an hour. There is no clock. I have no watch. Time has no opportunity to taunt me in the salon. I know what he means. I am not allowed to come yet. Not without his permission. I shift uncomfortably on the pillow. Be still. He says with a commanding finality. The leather collar around my throat has a silver O-ring. He gave it to me, and it is wholly and solely mine. Years of use have molded it lovingly to the shape of my neck. It no longer fights me, but moves with me. Not just on me, it is a part of me. A leather skin that is given into me. When he walked through my door three days ago, the second thing he did was put on my collar. The first was to take my phone and lock it in the safe. There are no interruptions in the salon. There is only he and I. He leaves the salon again, ignoring me. 
I squirm and hope he doesn't notice. The vibrator is the only reminder I have of the time, marking each hour I've not been permitted to release the orgasm that's been cresting for two days. Two days of being teased, taunted, and deliciously tortured. Wet, my panties stick to my throbbing clit, holding the vibrator in its place. It's remote controlled and he has the intensity set too low to make me come, but high enough to make me remember that I have yet to. Five minutes pass, he ignores me. Ten minutes pass, he ignores me. I want to lash out so he has to give me the attention I so desperately crave, but I don't. Instead, I focus on being a good girl and try not to move. He ignores me except for the slight increase on the vibe that whispers to my vagina to contract and release, tells my body to move while my mind tells me to be still. I know that to get what I want, I have to give him what he wants. Power exchange. I give to get. I take a chance and break the last command. I squeeze my breasts, netting this soft mounds between my fingers, feeling my heart and nipples slip between them. I let out a low moan, deep from the base of my throat, resonating in my belly. He comes back into the salon and sits on the sofa across the room from me. He looks at me intensely. His eyes stare at at mine, locked in, daring me to challenge him. He has a quiet presence. Quiet, but dangerous. Holding his glass of scotch, he sits erect on the sofa, alert. His eyes don't leave mine, which are defiant. I hold my gaze as long as I can, eventually ceding to him and letting them drop when I remember how powerful he is. Not yet. He sips his scotch, leans back on the sofa. He watches me with queen acuity that sees well beyond the naked, yearning body in front of him. He sees my vulnerability. My knees hurt. I rock slightly from side to side. Please, I ask, my body begging to drop, my belly relaxing my shoulders into dripping, into dropping. I haven't come in two days, please. My plea takes on a new urgency. He toys with the remote in his left hand, slowly increasing the vibration. No. He tells me to lean back against a chair behind me, an oversized armchair that is built to be sunk into, and I do so gratefully. Squeeze your nipples harder, he says, giving me a pass for my last transgression. I oblige. With the pressure off my knees, I relax slightly and turn my full attention to the dull, insistent throb between my thighs. I feel the wet, tacky stickiness between my inner thighs. I test him again. I let my right hand travel farther south, from my nipple to my belly. From my belly to the rounds of warm, fleshy space between my belly button and my vagina. My hand lingers there resting softly on my flesh, warm and alive and alert, inviting, the place to rest a weary head or tired soul. I feel my own breath quicken, become more shallow and ragged. He looks at me, takes a sip. 
I tested limits further. I continued to play with my left breast, squeezing her, feeling her squish and slide between my fingers, rolling flesh and fat that fit perfectly in one hand. A dark brown nipple moves with me, stiff. The other hand slips more stuff, landing less than six inches from my clip, which is throbbing with incessant anxiety. I am entering enemy territory. The room is quiet, save for my occasional stifled moan and the clink of an orange-flavored ice cube against the wall of his glass. We look at each other, me defiant, him undeterred. Power struggle. Stop. His voice, quiet but dangerous, says a lot by saying a little. I do not. My fingers move even further south. I can feel the heat from my clit radiate, radiant and warm. I moan with more intensity. I close my eyes to enjoy myself for just a moment. And as soon as they close, I realize the danger I am in. Though my eyes were closed for mere seconds, he watched me like a curious hawk, ever alert and vigilant, focused completely on me, my body, my movements, my breath, my cries. Those seconds gave him just enough time to spring up from the seat where he perched across the salon in two strides and grab my throat by my collar. Bitch, I said, stop, he growls. He pushes me back, so I press against the chair. I struggle. I fight and resist. He applies more pressure to his grip, forcing me to weaken. More tigress than petted and pampered kitten. I narrow my eyes and tense all my muscles, preparing to launch a vigorous self-defense. He is in control because I let him be. He pays my taut and tight muscles no mind. He is not only strong, but insistently forceful, increasing the pressure to my neck, now pulling me closer to him. My body steals itself, fight or release. He brings me to my feet so we are eye to eye, but his eyes are hard, dangerous, not the eyes I knew three days ago when he walked through the door. I'm strong, but I'm not crazy. So I switch tactics. I relent physically, stop resisting, will my muscles to release, become soft and pliable, water, not rock. There is fire in the room. Fire needs air to live. I stop adding kindling and release air. The space between us, the physical space, the emotional space, the sexual space, breathe in the air, intensifying the burn. I soften everything, but especially my eyes. I look him in his eyes, I smile, the smile that charms and disarms, the smile that brings men to their knees outside of this room, the smile that welcomes strangers to send me drinks from across the room, the smile that invites men to talk to me in grocery stores and cigar bars, the smile that men carry home with them, invoking their memories at 2 a.m. when they can't sleep while an erection disrupts their rest until it is released and relaxed back to its resting space. The smile they think of before their minds wander back to my cinched waist, swinging hips and thick thighs that call them home. 
back to the warm, wet, sacred space between my thighs. The smile he thinks of as he strokes himself, slowly at first, until he finds the rhythm to ride all the way home. I give him that smile. He does not miss a beat. Pulling me closer, he growls in my ear. Bitch, I said stop. I am delightfully weak. He pulls me to the sofa, bends me over so I face away from him and removes the vibe. When he takes it out, he plays with my pussy for a few seconds, reminding me of the difference between a human and a toy. My fear is rising, but I moan when I feel his fingers inside me, moan even more when he takes them out. Though sweet Caroline is right there on the sofa, he uses his hands instead, preferring a more intimate punishment. I brace myself for the first blow. When his palm lands on the fleshiest part of my behind, I am no more prepared than if I didn't know if it was coming. The force of the spank thrusts my body forward into the sofa's cushions. Before I can recover, a second blow lands on my ass. I grasp the sofa as a third, fourth, fifth, lands in rapid succession. I can feel my ass turning from brown to red. I whimper at each blow and fight tears. Bitch, I said stop. You need a refresher on deference. Low is his tone, measured are his words. I bite my lower lip and feel fat tears roll slowly down my cheeks. The throbbing in my clit has been second into the throbbing in my ass. Just as he stops, I inhale a sigh of relief and think, eh, it wasn't that bad. But his movements are quicker than my thoughts and reflexes, keeping me always a half step behind him. He is always before me. His torture lives in the before. Before I can exhale, I see him grasp sweet Caroline, named for the songles playing over the speaker in spiders and salutations, the indie bookstore where we made each other's acquaintance. The first time I drew him to me with my smile. I see him grasp her leather-bound handle, the round blade mirroring the roundness of my behind. He grips the handle in one hand, grabs my hair with the other. Before my mind adjusts to the coming reality, I hear sweet Caroline slice the ear in two, a split second before she lands on the fleshiest part of my ass. The force propels both my body and the air from it. I can't hold the pain this time. I let out a noise, something between a howl and a scream, a noise that lives in the deepest part of my throat. Before I can take another breath, sweet Caroline cuts through the air again, raining terror on my whelping red tender ass. She fulfills her mission and lays a third blow, leaving me whimpering and limp, grasping the sofa as tears stream, leaving small rivers on my cheeks. I'm hot and exhausted. He is relentless. He turns me around, pushes me back into the sofa and grabs the collar, drawing my face to him. His, my eyes are no longer inviting, choosing defiance over cooperation. He doesn't care. He looks me directly in my eyes and says, I said stop. He uses his other hand to undo his belt buckle and unzip his pants, releasing an erection. He pulls me closer to his dick, wet and eager. I don't need instructions. I know how to take him in my mouth, how to use my tongue to caress the underside and draw him deeper into my mouth. I feel the head search my mouth, 
until it finds its way to the back of my throat. I know how to apply the pressure he likes with my mouth as my cheeks and tongue work in concert, my spit and his pre-cum keeping him a prisoner in my mouth. I know how to bring him as close to home as he'll let me, each of us in perfect control. We are in a new struggle. The longer he stays in my mouth, the more power I have. The sooner he pulls out, the more power he has. I feel his stroke and heartbeat quicken without his agreement. He allows himself a few more moments of pleasure before wrestling himself out of me, his dick begging for release. I see the challenge and decide to chase it. In his moment of weakness, I pull him closer to me and tease the tip of his dick with my tongue. I have him, and I bring a giant to his knees. But I'm wrong. I don't have him. He has me. This was just another tease, a brief reprieve. He pushes me back, zips his pants, and grabs my hair, pulls it so my head jerks up and sends a line of fear jagged down my spine. He removes my pearl necklace. He lets them fall between his fingers, each creamy golden ball slipping and sliding. He lets the pearl stream to my clit, where their cool, steady roundness contrasts my hot, throbbing clit. Pearls on pearl. He teases my clit with the necklace over and over, making me moan and squirm, rock and twist my hips. Don't move, he says. My mind fights with my body. My body fights with itself. The dull throb of my ass fighting for my attention against the alert throb of my clit. I fight with him. Resist and comply, resist and comply. Force submission. Every nerve awakes. I moan over and over again. I try, but my hips move against my will, rocking with the rhythm he set. Please. I say with a low guttural moan, please, all I want is release. My heartbeat quickens as I beg and beg and beg. All he says is, don't move. Hello, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you have any kinky stories or confessions that you really want to have me read on this podcast, you can just send it to my email at bdsmnoirlife at gmail.com. Or you can find it in pretty much my bio on Anchor or my Instagram. Anyway, if you also want to find more bonus stories or ASMR, you all can check out my Patreon. I'll be constantly be putting more and more content of whatever comes in my life. But anyway, until next time.